Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are talking about three phrases that changed our home and really more specifically changed our table. And I want to talk about these phrases because they are phrases that we use still to this day all the time, but have connected me and my child around food in a way where they can let go, they can get more excited about different foods, they can understand our boundaries and rules around food, and feel safe and secure at the table. And when a child feels safe and secure at the table, they are then able to try new foods, which is the goal, right? With our pick eaters, we want them to actually try new foods, be more adventurous, start to like those foods, ask for those foods, eat those foods, right? We actually want to make that food down all the way down to their belly, not just like on their plate, right? That's the goal. And so I want to share these phrases with you and how they changed our home so that you could either implement them yourself or find ones that work for you that accomplish a similar goal. All right, so let's dive right in with the first phrase, you don't have to eat it. Now, you don't have to eat it, I would say is relatively controversial in the feeding world. There are some dietitians pediatricians, OTs, PTs, whomever, that might say something like you don't have to eat it actually gives permission to a child who is already on the fence about not eating a food. And therefore, it gives them an out. It gives them a lane, an exit ramp, and doesn't really create or build um, any pressure, for lack of a better word, to encourage them to try the food. They would say it's better to say something along the lines of, I hear you. If they're saying like, I don't want this on my plate. I don't want to eat broccoli, blah, blah, blah. You can just say, I hear you. I hear you, right? You're not giving them an out of saying you don't have to eat it. So of course, use these phrases with a sprinkle of salt, if you will, with your kids. Um, I like you don't have to eat it because personally and the what I have seen to work both in practice and in research and work with working with thousands of families at this point is that releasing that pressure valve um, really actually does help them have more autonomy where then they get to decide what they do with food. Now, this may not work the first time you use it. It may not even work the second time. But the goal isn't to keep saying you don't have to eat it over and over and over again. The goal is to build a sense of trust with your child that says, hey, I trust you to make your decisions of what you're going to eat based on what I serve you. So ultimately, we're still in control. A lot of people start to kind of spin their heads thinking like, you're giving their kids all the control. No, 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 no. You're still in control of what comes into your home, what food goes goes on the plate, what food gets cooked, all those sorts of things. Um, They're in control of what and if they eat off of the food that you serve them during that meal and snack time, right? And so ultimately, I think relieving that pressure and then building that trust saying, hey, you get to choose, you're in charge of you, puts the onus back on them to fill their bellies, to feel good with food, to learn how their body responds to different foods and all of the things. So you don't have to eat it releases that pressure valve, which works really well in our home. And I know thousands of other parents have found this really useful as well to release that belief. Because when you believe it or not, when you come to sit at a table with food in front of you, there's pressure to eat it, 
right? Like I'm sure we could all think of an experience that we went either on a cruise or on vacation or over to a friend's house or, you know, maybe somewhere uh, foreign for us. And we were placed in front of food. Maybe we weren't hungry. Maybe we were really full. Maybe we didn't know what was in front of us, but we still feel that pressure to eat, right? There's something in front of us. In, In fact, most of us probably can't even walk past like a dish of brownies on the counter and not snag a little bite, right? Just because that food is in front of us. And so really there is an underlining, almost subconscious pressure to eat the food that's in front of you. So when you release that pressure and say, hey, you're released from this, you don't have to eat what's in front of you. They almost feel like a sense of like, relief. I don't have to eat this. It's my choice. It's my choice. And when our kids feel like it's my choice, they tend to make good choices. Not always, but when we have the scaffolding and the support to encourage them and help them make good choices, which is the entire thing that I teach inside Table Talk, my pick eating course, I give them tools and strategies in order to build that scaffolding to help your little one make choices that work well for their body, not only today, but for life. And that is why this is so important and why I love the phrase, you don't have to eat it. It releases that pressure. It gives them more autonomy, more choice, and it oftentimes leads to them trying it. Now, what I have found is not using this phrase or trying to dance around it or trying to let them kind of figure it out creates, uh, what's the opposite of clarity, (laughs) confusion over what they're supposed to do with this food. I don't want it. Mom said, she heard me, but I don't really know what to do. And what I have found with kids is the more clarity, the better. Giving them direct instructions, like with their shoes. When we just say, go get your shoes. We, we don't say, hey, go get your shoes on. Put your shoes on your feet, right? We just say, go get your shoes. And they're kind of like wandering. And then maybe they go, go get their shoes and they bring them back to you. And you're like, why didn't you put them on? Well, you didn't tell them to put them on, right? And so the more clarity, the better. So I think you don't have to eat it. it creates some really good clarity of what the expectations are. But that doesn't mean don't eat it, right? That means you don't have to eat it if you don't want to. And so I think it's a really great phrase and has opened up our family to many a nights that we are surprised that just by saying you don't have to eat it, they end up eating it, right? And sometimes we'll even say things like, it's okay, you can put it over here, pick it off your plate or whatever it might be. And almost like kind of challenge them to not eat it. And then they're like, wait, no, I want to eat this. It's so funny how kids work, but I really truly believe that this is one of the phrases that has changed things at our table. Mama, I see you. You're tired of making different meals and crossing your fingers that tonight might be the night where they actually try those veggies. You're so tired of putting things on the plate just to watch them not get touched. Maybe you're even feeling stuck in a never ending cycle of bribing, begging, bargaining to get your little one to eat. Maybe you feel like they wouldn't eat anything unless you count down their bites or even feed it to them. I bet you're even worried that they're just not getting enough and certainly not enough of the things that you know that they need. You're not sure that they're reaching their full potential living off pizza and goldfish crumbs. You're ready for a change or else you might just throw in the towel altogether. Maybe you're feeling like you're at your wit's end with picky eating and feeling like nothing will work. You need a plan to finally beat picky eating and get back to enjoying meals again. If this sounds anything like you, then this program was literally made for you. Table Talk is the picky eating program that works. It's the program that teaches you to be your own feeding expert because 
At the end of the day, you know your child best. And feeding kids shouldn't be this hard. Picky eating can take over your life, feeling like every meal is worse than the last. It's time to reclaim your kitchen and actually start enjoying meals together. Table Talk is a targeted program that teaches you the strategies and methods that kick picky eating to the curb for good. Take it from Lola, who's a mom of a little one who she was ready just to throw in the towel altogether about picky eating, but then she took Table Talk, and at the end, she said, since taking Table Talk, my daughter's foods, likes, and loves is over 100. Can you imagine what it would be like for your little one to like or love over 100 foods? Throughout the Table Talk program, you'll learn how to get them to eat more variety and new foods, make sure that they're eating the right amount, and finally have peaceful meals again as a family. You'll learn how to stop pressuring them to eat and what to do to encourage them without pressuring. Plus, you will feel confident at the table knowing that everything you're doing is leading to raising a healthy, happy, and independent eater. All right, you can click the link in the description box below to enroll in Table Talk today. And when you do that, you will also get my Demystifying Desserts mini course completely for free. This course teaches you how to take desserts off the pedestal and put them back where they belong and end the obsession with sugar. All right, click the link in the description box below to get started today. The next phrase that I truly believe has changed things for us has been to essentially say, I'll put it on the list. I'll put it on the list is one of these phrases that when a child recommends or asks for something or is upset that something's out, there's no more of it. And I say, I'll put it on the list. It just relieves some stress and worry and angst for them, especially around kids who are worried about food scarcity or are worried about having enough. Sometimes we see this worry uh, actually translate to not eating, even though this kind of doesn't make sense to us and our adult brains. To them, they're worried that once they eat it or once someone eats it, there won't be any left and they don't know what to do with that. And so when you tell them, hey, I'll put it on the list, I'll buy more, there's always more, then they know, even if you don't buy it that next time at the grocery store, it's coming back to them. It's okay. There's more food available, right? And so I think that's really important, especially with some of this more, what we would maybe call junk food or fun food or food that you don't necessarily want them to eat. You're only buying a certain amount of quantities. It's really helpful to tell your kids, hey, this isn't the last time you're ever going to see fruit snacks. We're just done for right now. I'll put it on the list. Again, that does not mean that you have to buy it the next time you go to the grocery store. It means it's on the list and it will hang out on the list until you decide to buy and bring more into your home. This is a really good way to also diffuse explosions that might happen over not having enough, not having more, not able to have more in this instance, for whatever reason you're sharing with siblings or with friends or family or whatever, and your child's upset that they don't have enough, you can say, I'll put it on the list. This has happened for us so many times recently, especially around fruit, like watermelon, melon, cantaloupe. My kids absolutely love different melons. And so I just keep saying, I'll put it on the list. I'll pick up more when I go to the store. And then I also do follow it up at some point with actually buying the thing. And then I usually redirect or bring their attention to that food. Hey, look, I got more watermelon. Hey, look, there's more, right? This is just constantly putting them at ease, putting them in a less stressful situation, letting them know that there is more food available. Just because it's not in our house doesn't mean it's no longer to be found on the planet because our kids' worlds are really small, right? They only know what they can really see, touch, hear, um, whatever it might be. And so a good reminder that there is more food, it is available, and to really alleviate that stress of scarcity around 
different foods has been really helpful. In fact, my son had a popsicle the other day and it fell on the ground and he was really upset that it had fallen on the ground. I said, it's okay. We can buy more. Oh, you're right. We can buy more. And he moved on. No big deal. Like no big deal. This popsicle is now on the floor. We're out of popsicles. We can buy more another day. And just that idea of knowing that there is more out there, we will have another opportunity to eat a popsicle can be really helpful. Now, does this sometimes come with tantrums that don't, you know, get over in just 2.2 seconds? Yes, absolutely. That will happen. But continuously giving them that belief or that understanding that there is more available and it will come back into your house, You, they will have another opportunity to eat ice cream or pizza or melon, whatever it might be, just alleviates that additional emotional response to food. Okay, I've tried a lot of meat delivery services out there and have been looking for a perfect fit. And then I came across Wild Pastures. Not only is their meat very high quality, I'm talking pasture raised, grass fed and finished and wild caught seafood, but they also use regenerative farming practices too. On top of that, all of their animals are all raised and farmed right here in the USA. All of this is really important to me as a dietitian, but so is staying on budget and making sure it makes sense for our family financially, which is why I'm also amazed that they provide this meat raised right all for a lower price than I can get in my local grocery store. That means a higher quality for a lower price. It honestly blows my mind every time, but it's true. If you want to try out Wild Pastures, you can click my link in the description box below and get 20% off your entire order for life, plus a bonus $15 off your first box. You won't regret it. But don't wait. This offer won't be around forever. Now back to the show. The next phrase is a little bit different than the first two, and it's not so much a set-in phrase as kind of a way to view something or a conversation starter, but it kind of sounds like this. Hmm, I wonder what, or hmm, what do you think... And then I go from there. So what I mean by this is I love to set my kids up to be little explorers, little scientists at the table to really investigate and experiment with their food. And so a great way to do that is just to create curiosity, asking questions like, hmm, I wonder how loud this carrot is when I crunch it between my teeth and I put it between my teeth and it's a loud crack in my kids giggle. Or I'll say things like, hmm, I wonder if this kiwi has a lot of seeds in the middle or just a little bit of seeds. Let's cut it open and find out. Hmm, I wonder what will happen if I mash this banana with my thumb, right? And so I can just create a little bit of curiosity, a little bit of interest in that food. Kids love to explore, to try new things, to get involved with their food, and of course, to play. So some sort of phrase that evokes their curiosity and invites them in to explore this food can be so beneficial. Not only getting hands-on experience with that food, which eventually does lead to becoming more comfortable with that food and then eating that food, but also it can immediately get them to taste, smell, touch, 
even listen to different foods, right? How loud is it? How crackly is it? Whatever it might be. And so really getting them to use all their senses is a great way to get them more interested in different foods. And it makes it more fun at the table. We want to create a positive experience at the table. We want them to enjoy different foods. We want them to enjoy mealtimes with you. And when they recognize that play doesn't have to stop just because it's mealtime, it makes it easier to get them to the table. It makes them easier to stay at the table and it makes it easier to actually feed them the food you want to feed them because it's also a sense of play. Now, of course, I encourage you to have your own boundaries around what food play is accepted and not accepted at the table and to kind of go into it knowing that kids tend to push boundaries. So if you're allowed to smush and smash and lick and taste and, you know, um, I don't know, play little pinball with blueberries on your plate, but you're not allowed to throw food or throw food at people or smush it into the table or smush it into the ground or whatever it might be where your boundaries are, like food has to stay on the plate or in our mouth, um, whatever that might be. You have to kind of go into it knowing that, but I think, you know, the benefits of playing with your food far outweigh the risks of it turning into like an all out brawl and food fight at the table. So these are the three phrases that I would encourage you to start using in your home, using at the table. And I would love to hear from you what it changes for you. What does that look like? How have you noticed your child's behaviors and or experiences with food change by after using these phrases. All right, thanks so much for tuning in. If you're here and listening to this and have stuck it out at the end, I would love it if you gave this podcast a quick review. That can just be a few stars, whatever you think. And then also a quick um, written response means the world to podcasters like me. It's how the algorithm actually takes this podcast and pushes it out to more people who are just like you. So if this podcast has been helpful in any which way, it would mean the world to me for you not only to leave a review, but also if you want to text the link to a friend or family member, you know, mom, friend, whatever it is, I would be so, so grateful. And I hope to see you also over on my social media over at Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. And I will definitely catch you next week with a new podcast episode. See you then. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.